First, I want to thank my dear friends Zahav and Yisrael Anshul and Seth for, for welcoming us into the house. The house has already been initiated from the very beginning. It should continue to be used in such a way and should have simcha nachas in every room. I didn't think anybody was going to come out tonight. It's, it's very, I'm very impressed. It's unbelievable. It's, we said, you know, the, the, the vision is said, and I say every year, the Holy Vision is said, it's after the whole Elul and all the davening and Slichas and Jashan and Asit Meshuva and Yom after all that davening and Sukkis and everything, he said, Mashi Baruch, and take away all of this Ruchnis and Marit Hagesha and bring us some good Gashnis. So he said, Mashi Baruch, enough, take away all the Ruchnis. I'm not speaking already with Marit Hagesha and the Jews should have Brachis and Gashnis and good things for everybody. It should be a good, healthy year. <coughs> the time has come for us to, to complete the Sefer, the Lavi Mishkan Evna, the, the Nusfarm. The next chalik we're going to start is already, is already picked up today. If we're not going to get to it tonight, we'll get to it next time in Mitzvah Shem. So we're going to have to supplement what we're doing now with one page from, from the fifth chalik of Bulgavi. But for those who have the Sefer, look, on the, we're on the bottom of page, Kuf Chav Beis. On page Kuf Chav Beis. It's been a while. Do you remember that the tzaddik was explaining that, that there are two types, the two levels of ahava, that mitzvah, which is the third mitzvah of the Torah, to, to love Hashem, which for most of us is something that we think is beyond anything we could ever reach, and it's only for great tzaddikim, which of course is not true, it's a mitzvah for every Jew. However, there are two levels. The first level is something which is certainly, not only that it's within our reach, but it's something that we have to constantly, constantly be working at and, and striving for. That's the Ahavas Hashem that comes from that level that's called Ahava Tluyavadavah, a love that depends on something. Now you recall that the most common form of love is when you love somebody because it's worth it for you to love that person. For whatever reason, what you receive in return could be emotionally, it could be physically, whatever it is that you receive in return, ahava hatliyibadava, love that depends on something, is a love that comes when one recognizes that this that this other is very good to me, and this other cares for me, and I have a tremendous akarasatov. I acknowledge and appreciate what this person is for me and does for me and so on. In the case of Hashem's Baruch, we were learning, and we're going to finish now learning what we were talking about. The Ahava, that level of Ahava Hashem, it's not something which comes automatically to a person. Only if somebody works at it and thinks and reviews over and over in one's mind and one's heart and to actually verbalize and to articulate the, this feeling, this awareness of all that the Baruch Shalom does for us, of all that he, of how much he cares for us. We were learning this morning with the men in the Chabur, we were learning Sefer Mitzvah the Rambam, we are doing the Mitzvah of Tefillah, the Mitzvah of Davening. And, and you know that there's a Seder of Davening. The Gemara learns out that when Jews daven, the order of Davening must always follow the model that Moshe Rabbeinu established for us. 
And where do we see what Moshe Rabbeinu established for us? In Veschanu Hashem, the parish that's called Veschanu, which means the parish of Davening. So there we see that before Moshe Rabbeinu made his request, before he begged Hashem to allow him into Yisrael, first Moshe Rabbeinu said, "Ata hachiloyis laharas is avduchas godlucha v'siyolcha hazolka ashemikel v'shemam asriyas maser v'sechah," which means, Rabbeinu Shalom. I want to thank you for all that you've done for me and for our people and all that you showed us when you took us out of Mitzrayim, how much you love us. Moshe Rabbeinu began by thanking and by praising Hashem. That's how we start Shemun Esra. <coughs> and any time that a Jew davens, the way to daven, which was taught to us by Moshe Rabbeinu, the Gemara says, <laughs> That a person should first should first talk about Hashem's kindness and all that He has done for us, and then you daven. That is the way Jews daven, and that is the most powerful and effective tefillah. Even when you're davening for something that's personal, not from the Siddur. The Siddur was set up. That's how Shemun Esrei works. So you begin Shemun Esrei by saying, Akel HaGodol HaGibah V'Anayra, that we express our, our love and our appreciation for Hashem. And then we can ask in the middle brachas for the things that we need as individuals and as a nation. Even when you're davening a personal tefillah, God forbid somebody's not well. So you don't begin right away by saying, help me, help this person or a fool. You begin, you should begin by by talking to Hashem about all the good that He's done for you and all the kindness that He's shown to your family and to this person. And until now, and then you, and then you ask for continued kindness and health and so on and so forth. So only when a person davens and works as this hakara, recognizing all the time that Hashem Baruch has done and does all the time can there be a feeling of Ahava because that Ahava is an Ahava which is Tluya Bedover the love that depends upon something and the only way that you can the only way that, that love can be strengthened between people is when you think about the kindness and the love that's being given to you and all the good that the other does feel in his or her life and when you think about that and you concentrate on that and you remind yourself of that the Ahava, the love Become strengthened. It's the same thing with Hashem's bar. If you just go through life without stopping to think about all that Hashem's bar does and all that we appreciate and are grateful for, so then how could there be any ahava? How could there be any love? It doesn't just happen by itself. Even though there's a natural, natural love that every Jew has in his or her neshama for Hashem, it's a natural, it's called ahava hamasuteris, like Atani says, the love that is hidden in the heart of every Jew, the love for God that's hidden in the heart of every Jew. But that's something which, in order for it to be elevated from a level that's hidden to a level that's revealed, a person has to think about it, has to, has to, has to be misbeiding, like the Alter Rebbe talks about in time. You have to think. You have to think about, about all that Hashem is for you and what He does for you. And that opens up and reveals the natural love that the Neshama Bajou feels, Fakadosh Baruch It's the same thing with relationships between people. So on the bottom of Kuv Chavbez, we'll finish the Seifa, and then we'll just supplement it with a little bit extra on the subject of Ahava Sheinenetli which in this Seifa he really doesn't talk about, the highest level of love. A love a love which transcends anything. It's a love that comes as a result of the oneness, of that unity between Hashem's Baruch and a Jew. That it's not something that depends on me getting anything. It could be, God forbid, that a person has nothing, and he's Khalil suffering, and God forbid, in miserable, miserable life. But there is the underlying unity that, that, that binds together a Jew with Hashem's Baruch. There's a high level of Ahava, Sha'inat Tlui which every one of us can reach, 
but that's already a, a big madrega. So we'll see a little bit more about that with something extra from the fifth chaylik. Let's just let's just finish the sefer on the bottom of Kuchav Beis. He says, "Nitan dugmos ladavik ketsad yikna haadam es har karish akal mekadosh Some small examples of how can a person acquire this awareness. This feeling of gratitude that everything is from HaKadosh Baruch everything is from Hashem. So he just gives some very simple examples. Adam Yoshev, Adam Yoshev, a person sitting, Mishaitoi Shaz Hasheket, it's not, there's no tumult, there's no commotion, there's no noise, it's a quiet time. Vuhum is Bainain, and he stops and he thinks. Now there's that that itself is already you know everybody's trying to figure how could I ever do such a thing <laughs> to be to have some quiet and to be able to stop and to think. He's writing from the perspective of, of, of a married person, and he says that a person who's married can go years and years and years without stopping to think. This person finds a quiet moment in a quiet place, and he thinks. Deeply. Who gave me my wife? Who gave me my wife? How was I Zaycha? What did I what did I do? How was I worthy to, to be able to have such a person in my life? To have such a person. Is it because of my own my own kayak that I was worthy? I I was with my own kayach, I was able to have such a wife. Mechachmasi, because of my chachma, love Allah. Not at all. Rach HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nasan Hashem Baruch gave me, gave me this gift, gave me my wife. Hashem Baruch gave me my spouse. And even though, I'm, of course, in a situation with Chas it's not a happy marriage, it's a very difficult thing to feel hakar zatay for something you wish you didn't have. God forbid. But, Thank God, mostly, mostly, a person, even though there are, there are, there are bumps along the way, a person, a person feels a tremendous, tremendous, should feel and can feel a tremendous, a tremendous debt of gratitude to Hashem for giving me such a person to, 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 that we should go through life together and to raise a family together and to be able to have each other's company and to share and so on and so forth. It's not that I was Zoya. What was I Zoya? That Hashem gave me such a gift. There are so many people in the world that are lonely. People that aren't married. Uh, and people that are married and they're lonely. They have, they, they, they have no way of talking to the other person. And they don't feel any connection to the other person. So if a person stops and he's misbeinen. And any chachma that I have that helped me to marry this person and helps me to continue with this marriage, that chachma that I have is also not my own. The chachma is only the chachma that Hashem's work is mashpiya into my mind. That I should have this, that I should have the chachma to be able to sustain a marriage and to and to carry on. My life in this way. So certainly a person can spend time just thinking about that. 
You're married to somebody five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty years, twenty-five years. You're married to somebody for all that time. All the unbelievable tailors and chasadim. And if you think that everything that Hashem Baruch did for you, that He gave you such a person in your life, and that that person is, is, is well, that the person is healthy, the person is well. There's so much saras in the world. There, there, there are couples that the, that, that the marriage... The marriage is for, for a few months, a year or two, and then God forbid this one is sick or that one, God forbid, dies, or there are other problems. That a person stops and thinks that all of this that the Varnashalm does for me, that every single time when you walk into the house and you see that, that the family is healthy as well, and that, and that everybody that you love is there. It's a gewaldige chesed. It's not something that's coming to anybody. No, it's zaych. It's not because of any chachmas that we have or any kaychas that we have. There are people that are a lot better than us that are not zaych for that. It's all, it's all a chesed from Hashem Asbach. It's all the Barsham's kindness. And, and a person thinks about this. But a person, not just in a passing way that, yeah, this is nice, or once a year, you know, you fill out a card, you know, happy anniversary or something. But the person is misboyne, b'shashaku, when it's quiet. The person thinks about this and takes a few minutes, a few minutes every now and then to stop and to think about the, the chesed of Hashem Baruch, that I have this person. You know what it is to, 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 to come? There's a, a very dear friend of mine who lost his wife. And, and he, he's telling me what it's like to come to the house every day, what it's like to come to the house, to come to an empty home. To come to an empty home, that a person to be a master, God forbid, what that is, to come to a house. With, and that every single thing that he sees reminds him of, of, his, of his emptiness and of her, and he, can't, he doesn't have to go on with his life. To have companionship, to have a friend, even if it's not the most gewaltige marriage that you that you, you know, that you dreamt you were going to have when you're watching like you know Wuthering Heights, as a, <laughs> when you were reading a, a novel, you know, a, some great novel growing up or something, and you thought, wow, this is this is the, at least what I expect in life, and if not better. And then it turns out that you know the, the heights are not so Wuthering, and, uh, and it's not that gewaltig. But you know what? But just the, just the friendship and the companionship. It does such things. It's not what you people are getting. People are so upset. They're such tainus because they had such chalaymas. But you realize to have companionship and to have friendship, and even if it's not the biggest you know romance of the century, so, so what? Someone that cares for you and, and you could be good to each other and to have a friendship with each other. There's someone that always thinks about you and worries about you. These are things that. The person takes for granted. He doesn't thank the Barishalom. He doesn't think about that Hashem Shabbat does that for him. So then it's very hard to feel any ahava for Hashem Shabbat. Only when a person thinks about this can you appreciate and, and, and feel a feeling of love that Hashem does that for you. And then a person can think about other things. King is born in Ha'adam al Oitprat, the Oitprat, other details of his life. Al Hadir Shabohugar, on the place that he lives. The place that he's living in. So, so we have problems that sometimes the, the sometimes the uh, the water comes in to the basement, or sometimes there's a pipe like this, or sometimes this breaks. Any of our any of our bogus azadis would have seen the way that we live. They wouldn't believe it. If our ancestors would see the way that we live, they never dreamt that there's such a way that a Jew could live this way. If you had in the old country, you know, one Gvir in the whole country, one Jew that lived that way, that lived, you know, in, in, a, in a comfortable way, in a warm, it means to have a warm house. 
Let me start a warm house. I was reading, I was reading the biography this last summer about, about Rav Shach. He spent most of his years growing up lying on a bench in a shul. On a, on a bench in a freezing shul in Russia. That's how he grew up. So that we were born at this time and, and were able to have, were able to have such, such, such comforts. <clears throat> the person's misbinding this. How did I get this deer in? This place where I live. And in this place, the people that are here in this place, and the, the friends that I've made in this place, and the people that I know, all of these protem. Obviously, each person has in his own in his own world, in his own way, to go deeper and deeper into all of the details of his life. The nearest, like a kni muslachas, he sees that he bought a house, and he was much with buying this house. That it turned out it was a good it was a good thing that he bought that house. He said, "Minos was adir hazu." So, who do you think gave you that dear? Who gave you that, that place to live? You think that you're so smart that you're, you're, you're a big like a real estate you know, expert and that you have something and that you're smarter than other people because you got this at the right time and, there, and turned out, oh, it turns out to be a, a bargain it was a nice block and it's a good house and so All of these things. A person, a person has to think. It's Makarish that's that's how a Jew lives, thinking, thinking about all of these details, and always and always saying who gave this to me. Not just thinking about it, not just thinking and saying, oh, of course Hashem gave it to me. No, no, no. To say who gave this to me, Rabbi you gave this to me because you love me. Not to think about it, to say the words, Rabbi you gave all of this to me because you love me. That's why you gave me all of these things. And when a person lives this way and talks that way. So then, then the ahava, the love, begins to be awakened within himself. With everything that he has. To have their person to have children. There's so many people that they're not zaychid to have children. They're not able to have children. Or they have a child, God forbid, and the child's not well. I don't have to tell you what's going on. And to, to be able to have a, 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 a healthy child, there's a a child that's well, so the child doesn't do his homework, or this one does and everybody says, I can't believe it, and I got stuck with such a kid that doesn't do his homework, or I got stuck with a kid that, 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 that you know, uh, whines or something, you know, as if like children are supposed to have some other way of uh, communicating. So, all of these, all of these tainas that we, be, we became filled with all kinds of tainas and, 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 and complaints, but what people, what people look at us and the what would they do to have just to have a child, even a child that, that is not an A student, or a child that, that is not the prettiest, or not the brightest, or not the most matzliach and things? So, so what? But the person thinks about it. But if you don't think about it, and you don't have a hakaras and, and you think that it's coming to you, so then there's no ahavas Hashem. And you think of all of the problem of your life, zman rav day after day. Think about how it's possible in our generation for people like us who are so unworthy to get into a car and to go someplace. What would it have been to be in a pouring rain by the, at the time of our grandparents and to go somewhere, to be anywhere? Everything was filth and mud and, and hard. And, you know, it, it looks nice in the books about how it was in the old days. You know, my, my my father always says it wasn't so gewaldic, you know, <laughs> 80, uh, 85 years. It wasn't so gewaldic, you know, from what he recalls. 
In Ruchnius, there were a lot of beautiful things, but the Gashius, my father says, the physical, the hardships of, that, they, that they had to live through. I'm talking even before the war, just the, the hardships of day-to-day life. But Amasik, the heart, you know, that, that I try to communicate to the new generation, to the younger generation, you know, that, that if it's over 73 degrees, that they're, they're predicting on Friday that Shabbos is going to be 73 degrees, and the children are saying, Daddy, what about the air conditioning? So when you say 73 degrees, it's already uncomfortable. We, we, how could we live? So it's like, what about windows? <laughs> just open the windows. No, breathe. See, it's not bad. Uh, air conditioning. All our friends have central air conditioning. We don't have central. And, and, and at, least, at least turn on a couple of air conditioners. 73 degrees. It's gefeil if they predicted on the news 73 degrees. I mean... Not to, how can a person feel in a Habas Hashem if everything he fe- if, if he's not grateful if he doesn't think about all the gifts that Hashem's Baruch has given <clears throat> like I said before first you think about it but then you should actually verbalize these things you should never just think about it it's good to think about too but whatever you can you verbalize you learned about the Karchat Dibur Speech is the most powerful, powerful karach that a human being was given. A human being is a medaber. And until you say the things, you don't truly feel them. You think that you do. But you have to verbalize, even quietly. But to verbalize, and, to, and, to, and not to say about how Hashem does these things, but that you, Hashem, you speak to the Baruch Shalom, you, Hashem, you gave this to me. You did this for me. You gave me this house that I could come to. You gave me these people in this house. You gave this to me, and, I, and, I, and I, I want to thank you, and I love you for giving this. Not that Hashem did this for me, and therefore I, I'm grateful to Hashem. Like He's some far away. No, you. You. Today was the, today was the bit that we finished just now, the Badich of his yard site, the slave of his yard site, was today. And, you know, he, you know, I told you many times that he had a song that, he, that was called Dudala. There's a song in Yiddish called Dudala. And what does it mean, Dudala? So, you know. Uh, there's a name in Yiddish, David is uh, Dudala. But, but Dudala, he says in Yiddish the word Da, Du. Hashem's <clears throat> here, everywhere I turn, Du, it's you Hashem. I turn to the east, you're here. I turn to the west, I look. Everywhere I look, it's Du, Du, Du. It's you, it's only you. Then you're here, right here. So he says, he had a song to my Dudala. That's what the Badich used to call the Barishal sometimes, Dudala. The words that he had, that time he spoke to Hashem, everything is you, and you're here, do. And, and, and a person speaks this way and talks this way. In the beginning it might be hard, so in the beginning you start off by saying it in, in an indirect way. Hashem gave me these things, it's easier. You don't feel the, uh, as, as, it's not as difficult to say but then you have to you have to talk directly to Hashem you were Barishon, you gave this to me you would think this would be the most obvious thing in our lives but it's not how many of us, when do we talk this way when do we do this you gave this to me we spoke about a person goes on and he keeps on saying these things until, he, until it's clear to him that all of these things that he's talking about he could focus that, that 10 minutes, 5-10 minutes on one particular thing 
until it's clear that this is not something that, that comes for me, that I have this in my life. I didn't, I didn't earn this. I didn't create this. I didn't make this. This is something that Hashem Baruch created, and he, and he earmarked it, and he signed it for me, to give it to me. So let's say it's obvious that it has to do with his intelligence because it's some sort of a deal that he made in business and he's smart or she made some sort of a deal and because of that got a lot of money and now they're able to buy this thing or this nice house. So even though Where do you think that you had that idea? Where do you think you had that seichel? Who gave you that courage to, to think of that? That's all. HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch it's the ikkah is to come to a realization that it's not me. It's not me. Ain kan ani, shal ani It's not me. Everything is you. All I am is I'm. You gave me. You gave me this family, and you want me to, to take care. You gave me this to watch. You gave me this this family to take care of and to watch. It's a gift that you gave me to take care of. Everything, my health, my health is a big. Uh, you gave me my, my this body, and you gave me my my health and my life. That you want me to take care of this, because you saw in your wisdom uh, that you wanted from Bereishis that that mine this shama should be in this goof in this body. So uh, I, it, this is not my body, therefore I can't do with it anything that I want, and that's why halacha halacha forbids uh, halacha forbids. A, 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 a way of looking at the body to say that it's my body. Why can't I do whatever I want? Which is in the veld in the world. It's like there's this there's this feeling that people express that it's my body. Let me do what I want with my body. So if, uh, so uh, since it's my body, I can mutilate my body too. I could put in all kinds of uh, I could God forbid, but people, uh, a lot of the people that the young people that the body you know piercing, doing all kinds of things to hurt themselves and mutilate themselves. Or women that never, that uh, babies and things, all, all kinds of things that a person feels that I'm the balabasa of my own body. You're not the balabasa of your own body. The Baruch Hashem gave you that body. The same way He gave you your neshama, He gave you the neshama, and He gave you your body, and He told you how to take care of your body and what you have to do. And your and your job is to be is to be is to be erlich, to be God fearing, and to and to watch over your your, your body. According to the Ratzon Hashem, that Hashem is Baruch, that Hashem is Baruch wants. Shemu ma'enashalov. There's nothing at all that's ours. We don't have anything. Makes no difference if the bank believes it belongs to you, or if the government believes that it belongs to you, or that biologically you could prove, you know, with your DNA that that kid is your kid. Doesn't make a difference. Nothing is ours. Nothing. Nothing. Everything that a person has, Gufa, his body, Mamaina, his money, Machshavtu, his thoughts, his ability to think, to reason, Dibur, his ability to speak, Hagishaisav, his feelings, Hakol Shalakadashabach, everything, everything is Makadashabach. So Kasha Adam Zaycha, the bottom of the page, Kufsamazain, the ice Kufsamazain, Kasha Adam Zaycha, Lachishis Advarim. When a person begins to feel these things, not just to know them in the brain, like we we're talking about this throughout the Sefer, we're going to talk more about it from the next chaylik. When a person begins to actually feel these things, then he's able to come to a madrega, a level of like Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron. Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron said, You remember, 
Kairach had the whole rebellion. He gathered together the others to rebel against Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, Benachnu Who are we? In other words, it's not against us that they're rebelling. We're nobody. It's against you. It's against the Rebbeinishlam. We're nothing. What are we? Benachnu means Vanachnu Ma. What are we? Benachnu Ma. Mitzat Atzma, when a person comes to this realization, Benachnu Ma, that it's not me. And he feels very, very deeply that nothing that he has is his own. And all that he has is the Rebbein Shlelems. This is not some sort of an effort. He says, what I'm talking about now, and this way of thinking, and this way of living, is not a, 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 is not a, a means of acquiring the wonderful Mida of Anava of humility. He says, I'm not talking about humility. We, we, we generally think that a, that a person who's successful says, no, 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 it's not, it's not me. So we think, wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's such a humble person. Right? We think that's a very humble person. So what he's saying here, that's not, that's not what we're talking about, humility. What is it? It's just being honest. It's being honest. Now, does he say it's not me, and whatever I have, it's not because of me? So we look at that as, as seeing as big me, the, as a big myla that the person's an honor. As a normal way of thinking, where the person doesn't have that characteristic of another, the normal way of thinking is that attack is mine, and that I achieved this, and I thought of this, and so on. Only there's a special super duper deluxe type of amida that's called anivas, and when the person is humble, he says, no, 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 it's not me, it's from the virtual. That's not. But that's not really, but everybody says, oh yeah, that's, everybody looks and says, isn't that sweet? But of course we all know that it's you. But that's, that's crazy. All that humble person is expressing is the mitzvah, his reality. That's all he's saying is reality. In other words, let's say you're walking to the museum, and you're admiring, you're admiring some, some beautiful painting by Rembrandt. You went to the museum, you're looking at this painting, you stand by Rembrandt. And, and, and you're looking at this, and it's a breathtaking, beautiful painting by Rembrandt. And someone comes along and looks at this. And, and you're standing there and you're looking and the person is looking you say to that person that comes in next you say it's not me I, I didn't paint that <laughs> so the guy looks at you like you're out of your mind like, he'll say to you I know you didn't paint that it's, uh, that's Rembrandt it's, uh, it's not Moshe Kapoya that's Rembrandt so that's why it's, that's why it's like worth you know uh, a billion dollars or something that's because it's not you so but, but it's so silly the person says that it's not me so what you're going to say he's a humble person he's saying that I couldn't paint such a painting it's not that <laughs> so wait a minute of course you can't paint it's ridiculous it's, almost a, it's an absurd thing so when a person says when a, if, no, if that person says I didn't paint this it's not me say, it's not, that we wouldn't look at him as being an artist we would just we would just say that he's uh, he's honestly describing the Metzius I, mean, I, I can't paint a thing like that I don't paint things like that I mean I might be an amateur I might be pretty good but I can't paint anything like that and nobody would say that that's Anivas who would say that he's a humble person you'd say he's an honest normal person because he's of course he can't do that yet when you find what a person says a person's made some big you know, money or he did something with Echvayis and, and, and the person says no it's not really me so says, oh isn't that that's beautiful how he talks it's not him it's not him it's the Barnashal that's just a description of reality that's the Mitzvah it's not, it's not something extra special but really we know that it is him I really know that it is him 
And it would be the same thing if Reverend would be standing there himself. And he would say, that's not me. I, I, I couldn't paint such a thing on my own. So then we would really be amazed. That Rembrandt is such an honor, right? What he's saying is, no, no, that Rembrandt, if he would say that, he would only be an honest person. That I couldn't paint such a thing. Only the Rebbe Shalom guided my hand. Because uh, 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 how could I paint such a thing? That would be an honest person. So humility, humility is not something which is above and beyond. Humility is just an expression of reality. It's the Balgaiva, when a person is, when a person takes credit for himself and sees himself in that, in that way, it's not just that he's, uh, that he has, that he, you know, that he's egotistical or that he's self-centered. He's completely, completely detached from reality. He's detached from reality. And isn't it funny? Because if you go to any like firm, like any like, uh, you know, hush of a law firm or advertising firm or something, whatever. So you have to, people that go to the, people that work in these places are always telling me that they have to speak a certain way to show themselves that they're hush, right? They have to speak and carry, they have to carry themselves a certain way. And the whole way that they have to carry themselves is it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. That's why they have to carry themselves. Could you imagine if you want to, if, if you go for an interview like with some big, big law firm and they look at your resume and they talk to you and you say, oh, it's not me. <laughs> and they're reading like this unbelievable stuff on your resume and, you, and this is the job of your life that you want to get this job, right? And they look and they say, wow, uh, oh, this is beautiful. You have a, you graduated from the first in your class and then Yale and you got this and you did this job and you headed this department of this firm and you did this and you, and, and, and you built up the whole company and all this different stuff. And the person says, I, it says that it's bechlal. I didn't. I never did it. I never did any of those things that it says that. So you understand that that they that they would look at you the, that you're the biggest loyitzluk, and that you that they would never give you a job because the whole the whole Indian of a person in in the eyes of the world is that the person says it's completely me. Not only that, but even the things that it doesn't say in the paper, I also did. It's just I couldn't fit it all under the paper. <laughs> That's how big it is. <clears throat> but, but, but really, what we're learning, what, what he's saying is that it's, and think about it, it's just the Metsias. It's, it's, a, it's a correct, it's a correct, realistic appraisal of the reality that you're living in. Is that it's not me. It's not me. And, 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 and therefore, what is it? It's a gift from the Bari Elam, it's a gift from the Master of the Universe. How does a person love Hashem's Baruch if he doesn't think that way, if he doesn't talk that way? It's a gift, it's a gift from the Bari Elam. Every single, every single thing is a gift from the Rabbi Shalom. He says, that's not another, that's not because he's trying to become, be humble. It's one grasping reality the way that it really is. That's the way it is. Everything belongs to Hashem is Baruch, and what are you? You're a shamer of the Chachm. You're guarding it. You, you're, you have the schos that it was given to you. That that Chachm was given to you. Or that moment, that money was given to you. Or the children were given to you, or whatever brachas you have in your life. That was given to you. You can't just do this once every year, but Oid Pam Oid Pam. Oid pam oid pam. The davening is the davening that we have in the seder, sukkah de zimra, and all the davening is such a, 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 a good time to to think about these things, to add these things into the tefillahs. Lirai says, "Kol mahus chayev kishayimer al advarim al advarim shal kadosh baruch hu." 
to look at everything in your life as being as as being completely belonging completely to Hashem, and all you were given was the the schus, the privilege, to be a shaymer, to be to guard this gift, to take care of this gift. Chabadim loishalah, your children are not yours. It's a gift from Hashem. It's on loan in such a way from Hashem that Hashem gave you in this life. How different you would look at your differently you would look at your children. What kind of a chinech do you give your children? So it depends. If it's my kid, it's my kid, then I give the kid the chinech. I provide the education that I think is the right education. What what is that? Whatever your Whatever your view of chinuch is, whatever your view of, of being an educated human being is, you know, one hour of learning a day and, and eight hours of math and biology and chemistry, whatever, that's your idea of chinuch. But if you look at your child as being that the Shalom is giving you every single second, here's this yingle, here's this medley, here's this boy, here's this girl. I'm giving this to you, and I'm and I'm giving this to you this child. It's my this child is mine, and I I made this shidduch between this neshama and you from Reishis, that you have to take care of this neshama. So then it's going to be one hour of Torah a day. You make a cheshma. Whose child is it? If you think it's your kid, then your decision is the most important thing you can do for your kid is to, you know, is to put on some fancy outfit and, and, and you know, take pictures and, and get him to some Ivy League school and to marry some rich guy or rich girl and to, to be out of your hair. If that's your kid, but if it's the Banishlam's child, how differently you talk to a child like that. How differently you treat a child when you think of it and you say it over and over again. How shall I take care of this child? What is what does the Bernishlam want me to do for his child? What? That's that's the chinuch that Hashem wants me to give his child. That, that you see kids coming out from yeshiva from places from all the, from schools all over that they can't even they can't even read a cipher they don't know what it and everybody just says don't worry they'll go to Israel to learn how to read. That's the chinuch. That's what the Bernishlam wants. For a child, we have to take care of the children to know that it's the Baruch Shalom's children that He's giving us, and to and to raise them the kedusha b'tahar. The Baruch Shalom says, "Did I did I ask you that you should put your child in front of that in front of that machine? Did I ask you? Where does it say? Do you know that I like to have that machine? The Baruch Shalom, do you know that I like that machine? So he's saying, "What do you mean? It's my kid. That's what he says. My kid. And if I want my kid, I believe that every child should have this kind of an upbringing. I had this upbringing. Like people say these things." So I want my kid to have this too. Why should my kid not have this pleasure? So I enjoy these shows, so whatever it is, as if the shows now are like, you know, they, they were then. But I want my kid, why can't my kid? Are you so certain that the Baruch Shalom gave you that child that you should put the child in front of the television? That you should put the child in front of those shows that they're watching or whatever? Do you, you think that that's true? You think that's true? If it's your kid, so then your feeling is, I'll do whatever I want. I'll do whatever I want, except when it comes to Sesame Chuba, then you shluck a purse, and you, and you hope it will be a good year. But I'm talking about after you get pissed, simple story, and you figure, here, I'm back on, I'm back on automatic. Right? And everything is fine. We stop making hash the Bernstein gave you my child. Do you, does the Bernstein want me? It's his child. Do you want me to do? Nobody here would ever do something with somebody else's child that you thought the parent wouldn't want. Right? You would never do that. If you know that that child's allergic to, God forbid, to, to sesame seeds, right? You know the kid's allergic, right? And that the kid could have a very strong reaction to something with sesame. You would, you would clean out, if that, if that child's coming to, to play with your kid, you clean out the house, you scrub, you clean, and you call the parents and say, don't worry, don't worry, everything's fine, I made sure. Your, 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 your uncle can come play by us. 
and let's say you had over somebody that was very, 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 a very firm kid. You have a co- you know, your cousin sent the kid from Williamsburg or something to stay by you. What you're gonna, you're gonna put the kid in front of, in front of some, of some movie that, that, you, that you would show your kid? No, because you respect your cousin, and you know that your cousin wouldn't want that, doesn't want that for the child, right? You would, you would, you would never, you would never betray someone that you love. How could you betray another person? Well, let's say that that person ate only chalav Yisrael. Your, your cousin's sending over the kid for, for the weekend, right? And your cousin only eats chalav Yisrael. You would reassure your cousin that even though you don't eat chalav Yisrael, let's say, let's say you're not so careful, you'd say, don't worry. You tell your cousins, you could trust me. I would never give little Maishi, a little, a little sorrow. I'm not, I would never give them. You know, only um, I bought special mahadrin, right? even though you yourself are not so careful. But you would never give to them. Because why? Because they trusted you. Your cousin trusted you. Your friend trusted you. Right? Any, you would expect that from any decent person. So what about the Bar-Ilam? He looks at all of our children. He says, I trusted you with my child. I trusted you with my child. And then you go and you, get, and, and you, and you put the child in front of them. Are you sure that I want... I'm sending you this child. Are you sure that that's the program that I want my child to see? Is that what you think I want my child to see? You think I want my child to be walking around for the next 80 years with these thoughts in his head? That there was a, there was a woman in the mountains that told me, she's a very, very pure person, this very, very hush of a woman from a very hush of a family. And she said that she never, ever, growing up, she never once went to a movie. She never saw a television, a movie, or went to the movies ever. One time, there was a, a friend, you know, everybody has this friend. There was a friend that was hacking and hacking and hacking here. And, and she said she went, and she went into the movies for 15 minutes. And there was, it wasn't a gotcha, but like a, a, you know, from the point of view. But it was something that was not at all nice. And she said she ran out from there. She was in the, in the, in the theater for 15 minutes. She said she ran out from there crying. And she said that's when she was a teenager or whatever. And she said that she's now almost 50 years old. And the Hakten licked and cupped this, this, this thing in her head that she can't get out of her head. That, it's, that it's, it's, it still hurts her after all those years since she's 15, 16 years old. So how come it doesn't hurt us? The Terrence is no, no. I, have to, I don't have to explain what the Terrence is today. She was so holy and pure. And she said that for all these years, this little and cup, this, this machshava, this picture that I saw once, the only time she went in her whole life, she went, she saw 15 minutes, a movie, and it wasn't a movie in, in, in 2006, it was a movie, whatever, it was 1965 or something, and she saw this, and, and it's, it's, it's sitting like this. So you ask yourself, the person still was, still, was still a little bit in the, in the glow of Yom Kippur and Sukkot Hashanah Rabbah, was still... A person, is this what the Rebbe is this what you wanted me to do for your child? It's a different way of looking at your child. If you know that your child was given to you to watch. Not that you own the kid. And when you scream and yell at the kid, is, is, the Rebbe says, I didn't give you the child that you should treat him that way. I didn't give him that you should treat him that way. It's, it's the Rebbe it's a whole different way of looking at life. And it's a, even at the things that you have, at your husband, at your friends, at, at how you live. That a person is shaymer al dvarim shalakadosh baruch habanim lo shalom el kipikadim el kipikadim akadosh baruch hachach mene shalom el kipikadim. So you have your intelligence, Baruch Hashem. What what what's your intelligence? What's your chachma? So how do you use your intelligence? What do you do with your intelligence? The Baruch Hashem gave you a certain amount of intelligence. What do you do with your seichel? 
What do you fill your mind with? What do you use your mind for? What are you reading? What are you thinking about? Who's Chachma? The Barsham gave you your Seichel. And what do you use your Seichel for? A person has to ask himself, what's the Seichel for? Everything in life. Like it says in the Trilazaka, you say before Kol Nidre. You gave, me, you gave me my hands that I should be able to do mitzvahs. And what do I use my hands? You gave me my feet that I should run to, to help people. What do I use my feet for? You gave me my eyes that I, should, that I should learn your Torah. What do I use my eyes for? I, I, my ears that I should hear uh, that I should hear words of Torah. That I should hear, what do I use my ears for? The person has to ask me, you gave me these things. It's not going to be fair. Huh? And, and you're a shaymer for that time that you have. You have to take care of these things. When a person when a person thinks about this and he actually speaks about it, then there's no it's not possible that the person should have this that it's mine. It's mine. And if it's the Rabbi Shalom's then there's a different way of treating something. If it's the Rabbi Shalom's. It's a different way of treating it. What does it mean when I say the word, this is my child? It only means this is my child that Hashem gave me to take care of. It doesn't mean it's mine. It's my, it's my responsibility. It's given to me to take care of. And why was I given this child? I was given this child to serve the creator of the world. I was given this child to serve the Rebbe I wasn't given this child to make me look good. I was given the child to serve the Rosh And therefore, like, like Chana in the Mishkan, I'm going to give my child over to the Rosh to be raised in a way of holiness by those people, together with those people, who, who are serving Hashem's Baruch, who are serving God. When a person feels that everything is from Hashem, then a person has to think. Now that it's clear to me that Hashem gives me everything, why did He give me these things? So that's what we was just saying. It's because He loves me. He loves me. He didn't give this to everybody. It's because He loves me. All of these things that I received... All of these gifts that he's given me, it's a revelation. It reveals Hashem's love for me. Not to take for granted. You think about it, and then you actually say the words. In whatever language you like, you say, Always ask the question, Who gave this to me? This thing. Who gave this thing to me? You have something, whatever, the car, you have this thing. Who gave this to me? You may your name be blessed. You gave this to me. And why did you give this to me? Because you love me. And you go into more details, more things, more people. Each time you, 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 each time you, you mention Hashem's Baruch's love for you. Until it becomes very clear to you. And it becomes kavua, set in your heart, that the Barashalom loves you. And when that becomes clear to you, and you feel it, then that awakens the strongest, most powerful love of Hashem. You have to go over this thousands of times. Tens of thousands, in a very simple way. Nothing complicated. But to say it with, to concentrate. And, and with, in a quiet in a quiet, soft way. 
a, a private, quiet way to say these things over and over. When a person was already zaycha and he was kind of and he and he reached a madrega, he's able to feel on a regular basis this love, but a love that depends on things. We've been talking until now about love that comes as a result of appreciating all the gifts that Hashem gives you, and all the things that He does for you. Now the person is ready to move on to a higher level. He really doesn't talk about it over here, which is what. To be able to love Hashem in such a way, a love that transcends anything of the world, whether you have or you don't have, but that a love that is that is mamish, the result of one's understanding on the deepest level that Hashem is Baruch and myself we're, we're one, we're not two, we're one. The printing here, something is mixed up, but I'll, I'll try to explain. When he's saying here, there's something with the printing. What he's saying is that, obviously that, that recognition that, that Hashem and myself, that we're one, that we're absolutely one, that does not come from looking at one's body. Because as far as how you look, you look, uh, everybody looks different. So what do you mean, I'm one with Hashem? How can it be one with Hashem? This person, this person, that person, each person is the only one. What does that mean? So the Territ says, it's only when a person thinks of himself as a neshama. And from, this, and from that perspective of, of, of his neshama, can there be this awareness of, of unity of oneness. Therefore, this is a very high madrega. This is the madrega where a person, where a person becomes familiar with, with nishmas Yisrael, with what his neshama is. What does it mean? What's the neshama? Because only in that part of yourself that's called nishmas Yisrael, when you look in that part of yourself, it's hard. But in that part of yourself that's called nishmas Yisrael, you and the Rebbe are, 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 are inseparable. You're one. And the same way that you love yourself, it's not possible for you to not love Hashem's Baruch. But that's from the perspective of nishmas Yisrael. To come to that, it's very, very hard. I'll give you a page. I don't know if we're not going to get to it now. But we'll, we'll do this next time. What is it? You know, a little bit, a little bit. But to come to this understanding of Nishmas Yisrael. In order the person should reach this madrega of a love that, that is not because of something, but a love that is because of what it is. Because it is. Because it's me. That it should be something which is real, not just little pieces or little sparks. The only way that a person can, can feel this is if a person's entire life revolves around Hashem. All of his thoughts is a madrag of big tzaddik. That all of his thoughts are only about Hashem and only with Hashem. Next page, last page. All he's thinking about is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's always speaking to Hashem. A Jew on this Madrega lives with Hashem being the center of his entire life. Not from time to time, but always, every moment. And only when a person lives that way, then, then what becomes revealed inside of him is Hashem reveals to him his own Nisham. This person's Nisham becomes known to him. And in that, in that knowledge of his neshama, he knows that him and Hashem are one. The kolzais, 
And all of this can only happen if a person goes on this path that we've been talking about until now, to go through the, the, the earlier levels, the more basic levels. Can you come to this? And he was Matzliach, with the earlier levels, to come to a life where he lives with Hashem and the heart is clear. And he feels Hashem, and Hashem, the Shechin, is dwelling within him. When that happens, then call Havayaso, then all of his existence, he is Kashus the Kadosh Baruch Hu Bepanim Yislavav, is an attachment to God in the depths of his heart. Since this person is already in his in his mind, in his heart, he is already Mavatal all the Machshavas, all the thoughts of me, of me, and of the world being something separate from God. The world is not separate from God. I'm not separate from God. Everything is God. Allah is God. As the Baal used to say, everything is God. When a person comes to that, then there's no longer any barrier, there's no walls between what? Between the person and, and the inner point of his heart. What's the inner point of the heart of a Jew? HaKadosh Baruch. That's only by a Jew. The inner reality of the, of the essence of a Jew is HaKadosh Baruch. That's not by anybody else, that's not by a guy. Only by a Jew that the inner reality of a Yid is is, is Kuchabir. And then and then the Ulamagashmi's the Ulamagashmi's the, the physical world is doesn't doesn't change that perspective of truth that he that he feels. It's a very, very big subject. And the Ganawatika Tipa Manayam, I'm only i I'm only giving we're only talking about a drop of the ocean. I hope that he says that until now I've, all I've tried is at least that we should be people that understand that we have to search for our path in life to begin to think about a path in life a path that we can live on this path that we can live together with Hashem all the time to you reach the point where every time, every moment of your life you're always in a in a conversation with Hashem, in a very simple way, that, that you talk to Him and He's, and he's in your life. With that feeling that Hashem is with Him. When a person is for this, then every second of his life, he remembers, he thinks about this, that he's living with Hashem Mamish in front of him, together with him, not some, some far away God, but with him Mamish. And if for a moment he forgets, he right away brings himself back to that, to that, to that uh, recognition, to remember that. Fortunate and happy is the person who lives this life of attachment to God. And that, and that is the, his entire existence, this, this, this attachment to Akash Baruch so he writes at the end, Tamvala Nishlam knows I'm not finished yet with what I have to say. And 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 he certainly is not because we already have another eight volumes and, and another one and and then another two in Kabbalah and then a new one just came out two weeks ago on, on Gracious and Shmeis, teachings of his on Chumash. And uh, and there's just this page that I'm not gonna give you now because and we'll never see it again. So just a little we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this Madrega of of Ahava Shana but let me just share with you for for a minute a story that I told the men at, at the Nilas Achagan at, at the end of Yontif the other day. And and, and, I, and I, I'm thinking about it a lot and and, and it's Kedai Tanakh. Uh, there was the Tzadik is 
the Tzadik of Hirsel's of the Tzadik of Hirsel's of the Tzadik of you know, he's a big, big, big Makubo. He's a big Tzadik of Hirsel's of the Tzadik. So he had, in, in, among his Chassidim, had all different types. There was a certain Chassid in the Tzadik, and they called him Motul Nar. It's not such a nice name. You know, Nar means a fool. Means a, so I guess he must have been, uh, it must have been a Nar. He was a fool. And he was known in the Tzadik as Motul Nar. And uh, he didn't have parents, not though he had a very hard life, Matal Nah. And you know, everybody used to make fun of him. But for every Matal Nah, there's also, there's a, there's a, there's a, a you know, a, a girl that's a Na'ara, you know, so they found, so they found for him, they found for Matal Nah, the people in town, they got a girl for Matal Nah. They made for him a Shidduch. And everybody loved him, you know, and they were happy for him. They made, they're making a Chasna. So already, when he became a Chasna, they stopped calling him Matal Nah. And they started to call him Matal Chasna. <laughs> so by the, right before the chuppah, they were about to go in, and the Hishel said the Chavah himself was the one that was going to marry them. And the Rebbe saw that that Matla was crying. And the Rebbe knew that it wasn't because of like some big chuppah. He wasn't holding by, you know, Madragas. Like. So, so, so he said, Matla, what's the matter? Why are you crying? He says, Rebbe, he said, it felt so good. You know, for a little while I was Matl Chasen, and I know that right after the chuppah I'm going to be Matl Nair again. <laughs> and, 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 and it just... It, it hurts me. I wish I could be forever a model husband. So the, the Rebbe heard this, and he said that a Yid, a Jew, goes through, you know, comes to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, comes to that time of the year, and he cleans things up, and he says so many beautiful tefillahs, and he does so many mitzvahs, so he feels, you know, all of a sudden, like a model husband. Now I became like model husband. Now you feel good about yourself. And the Nachyantiv, the Nachyantiv is finished. And you know, you just, right before it ends, you begin to feel sad because you know that, like another day, I'm going to be model now again. With all my Narish guys, with all the Narish guys, and we we model now. So the Rebbe said that the Rebbe told him, uh, told him that even if even if people call you model now, by me, model, you're always model chas. That's what Hishel told him. By me, model, always you're model chas by me, always. And when he knows that, that that's how the Baruch looks at us. Not this Matl Nah, but Matl Chasm. Even when we go back to the Irish kite, he still looks at it as a Matl Chasm. If we feel that and we recognize that, then we ourselves will begin to live like Matl Chasm instead of being Matl Nah. We don't have to go back to that way of life. It's still, it's still Leontiv. It's still it's precious, it, 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 we don't have to, we don't have to go back to the Irish kite. And, and all that we worked on this time of the year, it, it, it gave us, it, it gives us the kayach to, to be to be matul chas and not to be matul na. But still, afal piching, a Jew has to know that even even if God forbid, he sees himself sometimes as matul na, by the Shalom he's still matul chas. And when we live with that, so then it'll be easier for us, it'll be easier for us to, to have a, a good gebesh year. Lana l'kayusah. The first edition of the Sefer, from which Rav Weinberger gave the Shiurim, ended at this point. Rav Schwartz included some additional pages, beginning with the second edition. Much of this material is dealt with extensively in Volumes 2 and 4 of the Bilvavi Mishkan Evne series.